welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Glory to God. Glory to God. God gave me a word last, last week that I wanted to share with you today. Uh, and it's the, the whole message is based on the whole chapter of, of uh, the, whole, the, the book of First Samuel, chapter 15, the, pretty much the whole chapter. You're probably pretty familiar with the story where God tells Saul, to go and, and destroy the Amalekites for their wickedness, for their sin, for their opposition uh, of Israel. And God tells Saul, go and, and, and spare no one. Completely destroy uh, the land of, of uh, the Amalekites. And, and so Saul goes and, and he destroys everything in his sight that, that is bad. Everything that he perceives to be worthless and, and no good. But, but he spares what he perceives to be good. And he takes the best of their cattle and, 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 and their women and, and, and their slaves and, and just the best of what the Amalekites have. He returns back, back home and the prophet Samuel has something to say. And he stops him. And this is what he says. First Samuel 1, I'm sorry, First Samuel chapter 15, verse 19. Samuel says, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, at Gilgal. So that's what happens. And if we continue reading, we'll see that, that God rejects Saul as king. He tells them he's, he's going to be replaced soon. How dare he? How dare he do that? And this is where we get the classic verse uh, spoken by, by the prophet Samuel. Don't, don't you know that it is better to obey than it is to sacrifice? And, and so Saul, he's very apologetic. He didn't mean to disobey God. He thought, in fact, what he was doing was going to please God. And, and, and so the message that I want to draw from this passage, it's not that classic message of obedience over sacrifice. I definitely think that that is in here, and that's a great, powerful message. But I see another message that I believe is very relevant in today's Christian society. You see, Saul sinned because he saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity, but not to sin. See, sometimes we see opportunities to sin. Sometimes we're tempted to sin. That's an opportunity, and we take it. But Saul didn't see an opportunity to sin. He saw an opportunity to present something to the Lord that he perceived to be good. So instead of obeying God 100%, he, he obeyed him maybe 90%. And the 10%, he thought, well, I'm just going to recoup by, by taking the best of what the Amalekites have and then just giving them to God. You see, Saul sinned because he had good intentions. And that's the message this morning, good intentions. Can you just say that with me? Good intentions. Because today, good intentions, your good intentions are going to have to go. Amen. I believe that God gave me this, this message one day um, through, through Layla, my daughter Layla. Layla, she's the best little helper ever. Like she, I, I look at her, and she's got such a servant's heart. And she wants to help with whatever we're doing. So if, if I'm making breakfast one morning, she wants to come into the kitchen, and, and she wants to grab a stool, and she wants to help me prepare the breakfast. So she'll, she'll whisk the eggs, and I'll have her pour it. In, into the pan. She loves, you know, getting the cheese from the bag and attempt to put them in the, in the pan. She usually goes all over the floor and all over the place, but, but, uh, she likes to help. And, and, um, when, when, when we're doing, when we're loading the dishwasher, Layla likes, 
to, to help by going into the cabinet and, and grabbing one of the, the pods. And she's smart enough to know not to eat those things. Uh, she, she, she grabs them. She puts them in the, in, the, in the little, you know, where it goes in the holder. She closes it. She closes the door. And then she presses. She knows what bu- button to press to start the dishwasher. She's the best helper. But there's one thing that Layla does that she doesn't do well. And that's sweep. Because sometimes I'm, I'm sleeping the floor and Layla comes over here with her little toy broom. She gets all excited. She's like, ooh, I'm going to help Dada. That's what she says. And she grabs this little toy broom that she has. And, and after I collect a lot of, a lot of the mess, she, go, she goes to the mess because, you know, that's what you do. You go to the mess when you're sweeping. But she goes to it and then she scatters it all over the place. And if you have kids, maybe you know what I'm talking about. But that, that, that's, that's her way of, of helping. And, and I don't have the heart to tell her, Layla, you're not doing good. Because when, when she does that, she says, yay, I did it. She starts clapping. And I'm like, yeah, you, you sure did do it. And, and, and she, thinks, she thinks she's helping. Right? But she's really making a mess all over the floor. She gets the concept of sweeping, but she doesn't understand the process. And, but she continues to help because she has good intentions. Listen, church, just because you have good intentions doesn't mean what you're doing is good. You can mean well while at the same time not doing well at all. You, uh, you can have good intentions when you're offering someone good, godly, biblical advice, but you don't really know scripture enough to be offering such advice. You can be a Christian and not know how to give godly advice. Let me just say that. I've received plenty of it, and I've probably given some of it as well. I also see, I see good intentions a lot. In ministry, you want to sing a song for Jesus? <laughs> you, want, you want to draw in people to, to Jesus, right? But then when you sing, all people can think about is how they're ready to leave, right? No, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to be real. Now, if you really believe that, that God has called you to that, then, then work on it. Make yourself better. Invest in your calling by investing in yourself. But otherwise, don't do it. And, and a lot of people say, and, and this comes to mind because of a video that I saw. D- Danny sent me this video of, of, of these three girls that were singing on, on the platform. And man, you got to watch it. <laughs> it. It didn't bring me closer to Jesus. Just, you know, I'll just say that. But, but some people say, well, look, I'm doing this for God. I'm not doing this for you. And that's perfectly fine if you're singing with the congregation or at home. Or, you know, you're, you're in a casual setting, maybe in your car, you just want, you want to express your worship through song. But if you're doing it on the platform, now you're doing ministry. And, and you don't do ministry to God. You do ministry to people. And, and if you're not drawing people in to God because you sound like a, <laughs> I don't know, I, I won't say it. But, but that's a different story. And Paul says the same thing about about. Praying for people while speaking in tongues. He says, hey, bro, the guy doesn't understand what you're saying. Speak English. Unless you have an interpretation for the tongues that you're, that you're speaking, it's, it, it's not edifying. And I think about, you know, last night, Pastor Maggie, man, God uses her in so many ways. And, and she would, man, she would spit out this, this word in tongues and everybody was like, what, what, what did she just say? But immediately after God gives her the translation, and she speaks it. That's, that's, that's okay. That's how you do it, right? But, but when you're doing it in a way that you don't have the translation, and you're just doing it because, you know, I want to speak in tongues, you're not edifying. 
But again, you can't tell people that because, hey, I'm doing this for God. I have good intentions. Church, I think that, that we, we use good intentions as an excuse. We use it as an excuse for ignorance. We use it as an excuse for mediocrity. We use it as an excuse for failure, for sin. You remember what, what Adam told God in the garden? He said, he said, God, it was this woman that you put me with. You thought that I needed a helper. You thought that it was better for man not to be alone. So, okay, I bought it. You made me a husband. I was just trying to fulfill my role as a husband and support my wife. I meant to be the man that you called me to be for the woman that you put me with. I meant to do well. You can't fault me for that, God. God's like, yeah, I can. Easily. So we go back to Saul. And what Saul is doing here is he's, he's trying to go above and beyond for God. But doesn't he know that you can't exceed God's expectations, guys? You, you just can't. You, you're not going to find your best in what you choose to do. You're going to find your best in what God calls you to do. So you might think that, that by doing more, you're going to impress God. But actually, by doing more, you're actually doing less than what God has asked you to do. Because, I mean, think about it. If God's will is perfect... You, you can't make it perfecter, right? It, it, it's, it's done. If God has it set in stone, there's, there's no going above and beyond that. And I think that this is a great message for leaders because, you know, as leaders, I think sometimes, I think sometimes we try to do too much. I'm, I'm speaking about church leaders. We try to do a lot. We, we, have, we have special services. We have guest speakers. We have, um, we have all these events and programs and activities, all of which are good. I'm not saying God disapproves of them. We actually have a lot of stuff coming up pretty soon. But, but I think that, that sometimes God is saying, hey, can you just move over a little bit and let me lead the church that I reign over? Is, is that okay with you? Look, I know you mean well. I know that you have good intentions. I know that you're doing your best. I know that you're the leader. I know that you're the pastor. I know that this is your ministry. I know that because I gave it to you. But can you just let me lead you? I believe that this is a great message for parents. Because parents, sometimes we, uh, we under-discipline our kids. Sometimes we over-discipline our kids. And, and we try to do this, this, this parenthood thing. And sometimes we do it without God's help. And God's like, look, I know you're trying. I, I, I know you're trying your best. I know that you mean well. You have good intentions. But can I make some suggestions the word is filled with ways that we are to raise our kids and righteousness and goodness and, and to, to encourage them and to love them and, and, to, and to teach them and, and to allow them to discover their God-given gifts. Unfortunately, man, you can't really tell parents how to raise their kids, right? We get super offended. Who, who do you think? Let me raise my kids. That's, that's like every parent that I, that I know. But unfortunately, we also do the same thing to God. Hey, God, this is my child. This is my child. If I don't want to take my kids to church, I, I don't think I have to. If I don't want my kids to be a part of the youth ministry or kids town, I don't have to make them a part of that. And God's like, all right, so, so you get to have church. You get to learn. You get to grow. You get to fellowship. But you're going to take that away from your kids. All right, see how it is. We may have good intentions, church, but it doesn't mean that what we're doing is good. And I think that this message... I think that it has so many applications, man, for even for the average Christian. Because if you, if you think about it, contrary to what most people think, there's really no such thing as an average Christian. Okay, I want you to go with me. You listening this morning? I'm getting a little hot. I'm getting a little bit hot. 
All right, all right, here we go. Let's see if I, if I can get some anointing now. <laughs> There's no such thing as an average Christian. There are lazy Christians. I believe them kind exist. They, I, I think that there are scared Christians. They exist. But God has not called us to be average. He takes the average person. He, take, he makes them extraordinary. That's what he does. But yet, that's where we remain because when God calls us into one direction, we take another direction. And, and, and this, is, this other direction, it's not necessarily a sinful one. It's not destructive. It's not going to lead us into death. It's just it's less than God's. That's all it is. And, and the reason that we don't choose God's direction is for many reasons. Oh, it's too daunting. It's too challenging. It's too scary. It's too hard. And, and, and so we convince ourselves, well, look, I, I, can, I can go my way while still doing some things for God. Am I, I don't know if I'm preaching. I don't know. Maybe this is for the, for the podcast. But look, I, I strongly believe this church. Man, God, God is, I, I've seen it in people. I believe that this church, we've got some strong prayer warriors in here. Like, like strong. And, and, and God is calling you to take that next step. Every time he calls you to it, you chicken out. It's called what it is. Sometimes we're chicken. And we, we try to reason with ourselves. And we say, okay, God, I, I'm not going to lay my hands on that person. I'm not going to give her a word. I, I just rather not. But, but it's like we say, hey, God, don't get discouraged. I still got you. But I'm going to keep her in my prayers at home. And God, God wants you on the front lines, man. He doesn't want you on the back row. He wants you in it. He's trying to do something in you. And you're, 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 you're not allowing him to use you to the full potential that he wants to use you. And so we choose another path with the intent that we're still going to be doing good for God, but God wants more for you, church. He wants more for you. God, God doesn't want your good intentions. He wants your obedience. God doesn't want you to simply mean well. He wants to make you do well. God told Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to, to prosper you, to, to give you hope and a future, to do you good and not evil. I have a plan for you. You know what? God gives us Similar words all the time, but I think we say, you know what, God, I have a plan too. I have plans of my own, but they include you a little bit. So we're good, right? There's that but again. And that's, that's, pretty, much, that's pretty much what Saul told God. He said, yeah, God, yeah, I, I brought back the best of, of what I saw from the Amalekites, and, but we're going we're gonna to give you some of it. We're going to sacrifice it to you. Yeah, God, I, I might have been texting during the whole sermon, but I, I came to the altar. <laughs> what are you doing coming to the altar? You didn't even pay attention. What are you responding to? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, I, I might have missed the last, you know, four or five Sundays, but I've been sending my tithes. Right? It's like God needs our money. Come on. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, um, I, I, we might have gossiped a little bit, but you know what? We prayed for the situation afterwards. <laughs> I still have good intentions. You know what the prophet Isaiah said about good intentions? You know what he said about our perceived righteousness? He says, even on our best day, it's still like filthy rag to God. You can be your best. You can, you can go all day without a sinful thought, and you think, man, I'm, I'm super anointed right now, but you're still a filthy rag. The only way to righteousness it's through obedience to God. You might be singing a song for God and thinking that you're living out your purpose, but God doesn't want you just singing. He wants you preaching, church. 
You might be thinking that that by coming to church once a week and, and, and listening to me preach, you're getting some type of biblical education. But God wants you to put your head in the word of God and receive a very specific word that he has for you. Don't be fooled by your good intentions. Even when we're reading scripture. Even we just open up the, the Bible. Some of us, we like we like to make a habit of of reading at least one chapter a day. Like we get some type of credit for how many words we read. That's that's good intentions. But if you read something, you don't understand the application. You don't understand what he's saying. Then it's not doing anything. God wants more than good intentions, church. Saul's good intention was a sacrifice. He says, we're going to take the very best of what we got here and we're going to take it to God. And if you really think about it, I was thinking about this, you know, it wasn't really a sacrifice because it was never theirs to begin with. All right. You you don't give something to someone that was never yours and call it a sacrifice. I think that's called theft. Right. And some of us are robbing God by giving him something that he never meant to give us in the first place. Come on. I don't know if that got you. Some of us are operating in ways that we were never meant to be operating in, even though you have good intentions. That's not where God wants you. God wants more for you. David said in Psalms 139, he said, search me, O God. He said, search my heart, try me, know my thoughts, and if there's any wicked in me, take me into the way of the everlasting. I believe that God wants to search us this morning, church. And he wants to let us know that our good intentions are not good enough. He desires more for us. He desires more from us. I don't want to fall into the trap where I think that I'm doing Good, but God knows that I can be doing better. I don't want to fall short like that. And I'm reminded of Peter. And I'm almost done. I, man, I, I love Peter, man. Peter, I, I think he was probably a really cool guy. I bet that he made the disciples laugh all the time with his drama. Uh, you, you have that like dramatic friend. You're, you're never laughing with them. You're laughing at how ridiculous they are and the things that they say. And you're like, dude, calm down. You're like, I bet, I bet Peter was always over there, bad mouth or, or saying something. And all the, the 11 were like, oh, God, Peter, come on. That was probably Peter. Because he always spoke without thinking. Every time. And every time Jesus rebuked him in scripture, it's because of Peter's ignorance. It's because of something dumb that Peter said. And, and Peter thought that he knew more than he really did. And so in Matthew 16, when Jesus is foretelling his coming death, and he says to his disciples, this has to happen. This is the purpose. This is why I came. I have to die. This is the will of the Father. And, and Peter takes Jesus to the side. And the Bible says, you know what the Bible says that Peter did to Jesus? It said Peter rebuked Jesus. <laughs> you don't rebuke Jesus. And he said, he said, no, my Lord, far be it from you. You're not going to die. This is never going to happen. I love you too much. And, and you think about it. See, Peter thought he was being righteous. He had good intentions. He thought he was being a mighty warrior. He thought he was being a defender of Jesus. He loved Jesus. He didn't want to see his Savior die on a cross. So he tries to encourage Jesus. He tries to offer him some good words of advice. Remember what we said about poor advice earlier? That's what Peter was doing. And Jesus responds. Peter, I know you mean well. I know you think you know what you're talking about, Peter. And I'm really sugarcoating it. He actually said, get behind me, Satan. It was pretty hardcore. (laughs) But I know you mean well, Peter. I know that you have good intentions, but you're getting out of line here. Because 
even though you mean well, you're not doing very well because you're disobeying me. And you're trying to keep me from my purpose. You're trying to keep me from the very reason I came here. I came here to die for you and you're trying to get me not to. I rebuke you. You're not being obedient. Church, God wants to do a work in your life. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, you're probably immune to that statement. But I want to say it again. And I I just want, want everybody's attention this morning. If you don't care for me as a preacher, if you don't care for me as a person or as a friend, that's all good. But I got a word for you this morning. So listen to the word of God at the very least. God desires to do a work in your life. And maybe this far you've just been getting by by doing a little bit, doing the bare minimum. And, and, and you're driving on your own path and you're still throwing God the scraps. And you're saying, yeah, God, I'm on my, I'm on my own walk, but, but I'm still giving you a little bit. So we're, we're good there. But that's not what God wants for you. And you're not giving everything to God. And it's not everything that God's got for you, church. The time of excuses has got to expire, man. The season of, of good intentions and meaning to do well but not doing well at all because of our ignorance or our excuses or, or we, we, we think that we're doing good, but, but I always fall short of the glory of God. So, so it's never going to be good enough. No, 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 no. There is a way to righteousness, and that's through obedience. And we need to enter a season of devotion. We need to enter a season of seeking God's face. Even when we pray, we can miss the mark. Even when we pray, we can pray with good intentions, but not pray good enough. Because when we pray, it's like we're sitting on Santa Claus's lap and we're just asking for all the things that we want. And we're not seeking the face and the presence and the will of the father. That's, that's how God wants us to pray. That's how God wants us to seek him in his word. The season of good intentions, church. It's time to get away with that. It's time to do away with that. It's time to enter a season of of knowing without a shadow of the doubt that I am living out my purpose. This is where God wants me. This is where God wants me. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.